Period. Showtime, bitches. Shout out to my engineer over there. Kudos. Shout look out. At, look at you knowing what the fuck to do. <laughs> you learn from the best. I learn from the best. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Twisted Perception Podcast. I am your lovely host, Elle Marie. And today's episode is on some serious, serious shit. We might, we might still laugh, but like, there's some serious, serious shit. So in the studio with me, I got my friend and therapist, Steffi. <laughs> Steffi. Hello. Hello. Steph. Hello. And we are going to tackle some of the questions that you guys asked, that her followers asked, and that I came up with myself because I wanted to know because I'm going into this field. Um, and she's going to answer the questions that you all want to know. You feel me? So... There was a quote that I saw that I wanted to open up the podcast with because this is, I think it's a quote that kind of just resonates with everything that we about to, we about to talk about and say. So the quote is, wait, let me give, let me give props when props do hold on. So this is from Third Eye Thoughts. It's an account that I follow on Instagram. So I screenshotted it from there. And so it says, you're ready. A new chapter has been hovering over you for a long period of time. The door you've been looking for will finally be revealed. You won't be waiting much longer now. The universe is eager to show you the blessings it has made for you. You're in the final stretch of another transformative chapter. Smile knowing it's all coming to a peaceful end. The lessons that you needed to learn are now ingrained permanently in your mind. The habits you needed to kick are now a memory of your past. The energies you needed to let go of have been released from your mind, your heart, and your spirit. These final moments before you ascend requires the utmost faith, patience, and humility from your soul. What's waiting on the other side of that door for you is beyond anything you've ever visualized. Prepare to be amazed. The warrior in you has earned its divine surprise. I needed that at the moment when I read it. So hopefully the people that are listening, y'all like it too. You know, feel that shit, take it in, meditate on it, pray on it. Shit, don't do anything with it. I don't know what you feel like doing with it, but do it. The quote. Wasn't I it? I fuck with that quote. That quote was everything. So let's do a proper introduction. So, you know, just say who you are, 
your credentials. Sure. So I'm Steph. I'm a licensed therapist and PA. So I've been doing this since 2017. And I really do enjoy providing um, therapy. I feel like it's gotten such a bad light before, you know, people started coming out saying, hey, yeah, I'm diagnosed with this or I'm experiencing this. And I feel like now mental health is starting to be more kind of talked about than physical health. And that's not how it used to be. So I really do respect that. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like people talked about mental health, but like not really. And they go through stuff, but then they don't even realize that other people can relate because we don't talk about it enough. So I'm happy right now that most people are coming to light with, oh my God, I'm suffering from depression or I'm suffering from anxiety or I have this personality disorder, this mood disorder. I got OCD. I'm bipolar. Like people are coming more like, I think they're just being more accepting of themselves and other people. Because I feel like our generation and the generation after us, like, we all got some shit with us. Yes. (laughs) Multiple layers of shit. Yes. And I think that the boomers also had shit with them, but they wasn't fucking with that shit. They were so conditioned to, like, just shove it underneath the rug. Like, all right, right. you feeling upset? Cool. You just gonna be upset. Continue on. Right. But now we, we have that space. Right. So we have that space. You know, we have these platforms. We have the Instagrams, the TikToks the podcast, the Twitters, and this is how we're realizing that everybody's going through the same shit. And so at this point, this shit is normal. Mm-hmm. So in all actuality, there's nothing wrong with you. No, you know? not being normal is normal. Like, right. what the fuck is a normal? I was about to say, what the fuck is normal anyway? <laughs> normal. So I guess we could go right into our question. So what made you even, you know, like get into therapy and psychology and all that? So I went to Westchester for my undergrad, go Rams. Um, I went in with an undecided major. I thought I was going to be like a nurse. I was going to do the pre-med route, but I suck at math. So I was like, this ain't going to work. And then I was like, all right, what about pre-law? And I'm like, mm, this ain't going to work either. I took a psychology class. I'm like, oh, bingo. I like this. Switched my semester, switched my major to psychology, got a minor in communications, and that's that's all she wrote. I got my internship where I work at now. So I've been here for a long time. So it's like once you take that first psychology class, you're like, oh, shit. I think because it makes you realize a lot. And not only it makes you realize a lot about other people, but it makes you realize a lot about yourself, too. So it's funny you say that because when I first got into school, I was like, OK, I'm going to be a nurse. Because that's what my mom wanted me Mm -hmm. to do. And I was already in the medical field. And I know I like taking care of people and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go into this shit and just do it. But then I was like, "Mm, it's not giving nursing. (laughs) And I took my psychology class and I was like, this is the shit. So let me see. One of my followers asked, what are red and green flags when choosing a therapist? Okay, so I would say there's a plethora of red flags and also green flags. Um, Green flags would like if you feel validated, if you feel listened to, if you don't feel judged, if you don't feel like the person is racist towards you, because sometimes you can have a therapist that's on another race and you'd be like, I don't think she get me. If you got to explain like too much, if you got to explain your slang, like that can be really difficult for some people. Um, If the therapist 
is like open to being critiqued and open to like accept feedback because we don't always have the answers. Like nobody's perfect. So if a client comes to me and says, look, I know we talked about this last session. I was kind of feeling like this. I'm going to listen because she lives her life every day. I'm just here to help her. So if the, if the therapist really kind of, if you can feel they care about you, not as far as like, oh, that's my boo thing. No, that's a red flag. If you get in flirty vibes from your therapist, you need to get referred someplace else because you're never supposed to be doing the nasty with your therapist or even flirting like that. Um, no nasty with therapist. No y'all. nasty with therapist. Y'all heard it here first. No nasty with the therapist. Um, I will also say a green flag is if you feel super, super comfortable. If you feel so, you can tell this person your deepest, darkest secret because eventually you might have to. Right. And if you kind of build that trust early on, you guys are going to go far in that in that session. Red flags, I would say if the therapist talks more about themselves in the session than you. Like if you know more about your therapist than you kind of know about yourself, you got to go. You you got to go see somebody else. Absolutely. Um, if your therapist always cancels on you or always shows up late, or always wants to end a little bit early, nah, get you a new therapist. If they kind of talk yeah, about you. because you paying for this shit. Yeah, and it's, therapy is expensive. And if we talk, no, it's, it's too expensive. And things are too high. If your therapist kind of talks about you to other people, or if you feel as though your therapist is talking to you about other clients. So if she's bringing up all other kind of sessions, you can kind of feel like, oh, my confidentiality is, is probably breached because somebody's else is confidentiality is kind of breach right so, exactly definitely you, you shouldn't can feel be doing that. if a therapist is like not working for you though like your intuition is going to like be like mm, i don't like this and it's different than kind of feeling uncomfortable therapy when you first start therapy is going to be uncomfortable but that's a totally different feeling than saying oh i feel disrespected or i feel like she's not getting me that sort of thing and but I wonder like if it also depends on you as a person because like me having borderline personality disorder I've been through a couple couple therapists already and I'm like I just don't like you and then I won't be consistent enough or give them the chance enough like I feel like if they don't help me within like the first maybe like two or three sessions I'm like mm, this not for me. I kind of like can already sense when something is not going to work out for me. But then also I would never know because I didn't give it more than two or three sessions. So you, the, the, as a therapist, you need to know your strong suit and what you're good at. And as a client, you need to know what you need and what your mental desires or whatever is and make sure that you're going for the right type of therapist. And don't be afraid to ask questions of your therapist. Like, okay, where did you go to school? Like, what kind of credentials do you have? What other populations have you worked with? Are you comfortable seeing somebody who's a different race than you? Or even if you are having problems in the therapy session, bring them up to your therapist. Hey, I feel as though we aren't really connecting how I think we should connect. And maybe you guys will take that space to kind of explore that. You never know what might come out, might, what might come out, out of that. If you're religious, how does that affect your approach to therapy? Clearly, I'm Muslim. Well, y'all can't see, but right. people in here can see. I'm well, they'll, they'll <laughs> be able to see it. on our clips. Y'all will see. <laughs> I'm Muslim, and it doesn't really affect um, my therapy, really. I have clients who are Christian clients or Muslim clients who are atheists, and it doesn't really 
affect it too, too much. Not so much. I feel as though maybe somebody who's Muslim may feel more comfortable working with somebody else who is Muslim or things like that. But right. that may be the only, the only thing. I think that's an advantage too. I think it's an advantage when you can relate to your client in a certain aspect that makes them feel comfortable. Like a lot of, let's say that it's somebody who's in the community, like you're a part of the alphabet. That's why I call it because LGBT is, is QIA. That's a lot to say. So if you're a client that's like in the alphabet, um, you might want a therapist who's also in the alphabet. The therapist that I chose recently, she's definitely giving me alphabet vibes. But I didn't go for her because she was <laughs> she was a part of it. But why y'all laughing? But you can see how how happy you just got yes. saying like, yeah, I think my therapist is part of the alphabet. So. Yeah, because it makes you feel more comfortable. So like, if you could relate to your therapist as being okay, we're both a part of the alphabet, or we're both a part of the same religion or we both like the same things, or I'm also taking a psychology class. So, you know, here we are relating in the therapy world, you know, is it makes people comfortable when you can relate to them. And I think that that's a big reason why I decided to go into psychology as well, because me having borderline, I want to specialize in like personality disorders and mood disorders and stuff. Because I feel like it's easy to open up a book and say, you know, this is what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. But it's different when you've experienced it yourself. You've been through it yourself. You know what works for you as a person. And it may, it may not work for the next person, but you can relate to them on a level like, listen, I've been here before. Let me help you do this. And you actually care for them in that manner. That's hella fucking kudos. So, I mean, that's good on your, on your end because it's like, all right, you Muslim, I'm Muslim, you know, we can relate. I feel comfortable. And you, you don't want see your that client. many Muslim therapists. Right. Like, you barely see any black therapists, but now you are that starting part. to. But it's yeah. like so long has therapy been a face of, all right, are you a white Caucasian male? Like, but now it's like my therapist is a black woman. My therapist is an Asian woman. My therapist is an Asian man. So now it's just more... More out there, yeah. It you, I feel like it used to be just like all older white men, mm-hmm. but now you're seeing a whole spectrum of people, and I'm loving that, yeah, especially for us POC. Because sometimes, come on, how can they really relate to our struggles? These others, others, others. others. <laughs> 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 not you in the background with it, you get on my nerves. <laughs> No, I'm not scratching my head. So how do you know when therapy is working or being effective? Usually in therapy, you make like goals that are measurable so you can like track the progress. So maybe this looks like your moods and emotions have improved. Maybe it looks like your thinking has shifted. Maybe your behaviors have changed. Maybe your relationships with others have changed or gotten better. You are more satisfied with life or maybe just you you are using the skills that you learned in session outside the session. That's kind of a key kind of 
saying like, oh, wow, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and I'm out here implementing what I learned. So, for example, say if in a session you talking to your therapist about you dating this fuck boy and she like put down boundaries, you know, make sure you feel assertive. And then a couple of weeks later, you're like, all right, no, I told this nigga that nah, nah, I don't like how you're treating me. Like, I don't think how we supposed to be like doing this. That's kind of showing like, all right, cool. You speak enough for yourself right, right now. Right. And you learned that in your session mm-hmm. and look at you telling that fuck nigga to fuck over. I'm yes. fuck nigga free. Period. Go. <laughs> Let's go. Gloria. Hallelujah. Like, hallelujah. <laughs> like, why? You know, a boomer named her child. But you, I saw this post that was like F and F sounds like a real like song. Like you can get the emotions going, like a real spiritual gospel song. I'm like, yeah, I feel that. Wait, when did it start going? Huh? Our F and F is different. It's my fuck bigger free. What's our F and F? What? Fuck or fight? Fuck or fight? Oh, fuck and fight. Oh, fuck and fight. You might fight first and then go fuck. Have you ever heard something that you had to report? So most, all of my clients are basically court mandated to be there. So we already know basically what they did to get the jail, to get the therapy. So the only things I usually have to report is if a client has gone off meds or if they're engaging in like problematic sexual behaviors or if they are stalking a woman or things like that. But most of the time, they're so focused on just wanting to get out of therapy, they don't want to do anything bad to kind of make it extended. I guess this is moving on to something even more serious. So how do you explain trauma to a partner? So I think you have to... Be comfortable with yourself first. Kind of like plan what you're going to say and maybe have some back pocket coping skills to help you stay calm. And also remembering you don't have to say anything you don't want to say. Like sometimes we feel pressure to tell them our whole life story. Well, you can just tell them like milestones at a time. Um, Just make sure you trust your partner because if you already having trust issues with your partner, probably sharing the trauma that you have may not make it better. So definitely make sure you guys have established that trust. Um, kind of reflect on what's the reasons for you wanting to disclose. Like, are you doing this for you? Are you doing this because you feel as though they're going to find out some other way? So make sure you're doing it just kind of make sure your attention is good, most importantly. And just remember that nobody's perfect. Everybody got their shit with them. Maybe you talking about your trauma may make your partner feel more comfortable bringing up their trauma. So just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. The right reasons. Yeah, I think usually when one person opens up and they figure like, Dad, you know, they really trust me with this or they're telling me this information, it makes the other person want to open up. There's a term for that, but I can't really remember, y'all. I'm still a student. Don't fucking, don't quote me, but it's definitely a thing. Um, And also, I just feel like sometimes people don't even know that certain things that they do or say are trauma. So it's nice when you have 
a partner that may recognize like, okay, you're speaking from a place where you went through something traumatic or you you got some other shit going on and now you're projecting it onto me. But it's also nice to have a partner that is patient enough with you in order to be accepting of you and who you are and the types of things that you're going through and help you through it. And that's why for the third time in a row, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all need to go to therapy to get over these fucking traumas. Go to therapy in person, online, go. Black Men Hill give out free sessions sometimes. Look at that. So look into them. Come through with the resources. But yeah, you always definitely have to just be mindful. And the person who's receiving the information, recognize your partner is not their trauma. The trauma has happened to them, but they are not their trauma. Yeah, that's a good that's a good joint. Um, how do you know if you're being emotionally abused? I think you just don't feel like yourself. Like, you feel like you're being mind-fucked 100% of the time, and you don't know what's going on. Like, if you feel as though you're always wrong, or you're feeling like you're not enough most of the time, or that you have to walk on eggshells, or you can't really just share how you really feel out of fear that they're going to either, you know, yell at you or just leave. Like, you can feel in your soul when things aren't right. And a lot of people kind of tend to ignore that, but you can feel when things aren't right. Absolutely. I know I can feel when things aren't right. Yeah, I could definitely feel when things aren't right. But sometimes, and sometimes we just need help, I think, getting out of toxic situations. We need support. We definitely need the support. We definitely need somebody to say, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. And it's funny that I say that because I feel like my friends was telling me time and time again with my last situation like, you need to let that go. Mm-hmm. This isn't good for you. I don't like who you are as a person right now. Right. I feel like you're losing yourself. You're going crazy. All you're worried about is if they're lying, if they're cheating, going through their phone, this, that, and the third. It just wasn't healthy. There were no boundaries. It was a lot going on. And so consecutively, and and I'm just like, okay, I keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And sometimes it's not until you realize it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, shit, this is what the fuck they've been telling me this whole time. It definitely was a toxic situation and it's time for me to go and hang this shit up and just be done with it. But you need that constant support and you need that constant telling you like, this isn't good for you. This isn't good for you. This isn't good for you. Mm-hmm. Like you need to hear it multiple times sometimes for it to just click. I agree. Sometimes if you sit and shit too long, it's going to stop smelling. I heard that saying a lot of times. And it's right. just like if you are, if, even if you're used to being emotionally abused, it could feel like home. And a lot of parents, sometimes they emotionally abuse their children. The children grow up thinking this is how you're supposed to love. This is how you're supposed to kind of be with somebody. And they really just don't really know. Right. Healthy ways to have a relationship, healthy ways to kind of be there for somebody. You can be there for somebody and not expect something back in return. Right. It doesn't have to be transactional. Exactly. A lot of people, a lot of people just don't really understand or have learned that yet. Yeah, man. And I feel like at our grown ass age, we should know certain things and I think that this is where people get frustrated and just don't want to like date or be in relationships and stuff anymore 
Because you're like, dang, I don't want to have to teach somebody how to love me. I don't want to have to teach somebody how to care for me. I don't want to have to teach somebody that, you know, we're not perfect and I might have traumas and you may not understand them. So now I got to sit here and explain to you, like, how this is about to go, how I'm about to act. Um, But I just don't want to, at at 30, I don't want to teach anybody how to really do things anymore. Like, I feel like you should just be paying attention, taking notes. You can you can tell what a person likes and what they don't like. And and if they like to be outside, if they're introverted, if they're extroverted, if they like to go to museums, if they just like to sit and do TikToks, what type of fun they like to have, like all these things, I feel like you can tell in a person just based off their personalities and how they react to the world, the people around them. I don't want to have to teach you how to do any of these things. But how would they know? Because I feel like you should just know <laughs> at this point. So none of all Miss Cleo. <laughs> Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> the fuck? Maybe not necessarily teach them how to treat you, but just kind of have a discussion about, hey, these are kind of things that I like. These are kind of things that I don't like. And sometimes people, they don't listen. That's the key right there, listening and communicating. Because I feel like I didn't have to really teach my partner how to love me. I think that she just listened to me. She knew the things that I had going on in the past. She knew what I was missing from other relationships, what I wanted, how I was being treated already. Like, Because we built that friendship foundation first. So you know all of my history and you knew what I was missing, what I didn't like, whatever. And it's like she just became, I mean, I I want to say the perfect partner, even though nobody's perfect, but the perfect partner for me based off of my needs and her personality because of the things that I've gone through. But I had, I didn't really have to like teach her like I like affection I could say, oh, I lacked affection in my last relationship and I wanted I wanted it. See, y'all took that time to really know each other. Some people, they'll hit somebody up in a DM. Next week later, they together, you know this person's last name. What's their blood type? If you die, can they save you? (laughs) What's their blood type? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, positive. It's the classic <laughs> Yes, it is. And that's the beginning of a healthy relationship, starting at the bottom, working your way up to the top. You guys kind of got that comfortability with each other. You guys actually talked about shit that you ain't cool with. And, she, and if she listened, that means you communicated it in the right way that she could listen. Right. But I think that also because I didn't feel the pressures of it being a relationship because we literally were just friends. Mm-hmm. So it was just like two friends having a conversation and just, you know, talking about the things that we've been through, blah, 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 whatever. And then, boom, like, you know, all of a sudden those conversations was like, dang, I'm feeling you a little bit. Like, (laughs) you know, I did always think you was pretty. And then, you know, feelings started. Yeah, things unfolded, you know, feelings started coming up. And then, boom, you know, we're in a relationship, you know, feel me? So, next thing you know, we'll be in a marriage, you feel me? So, it's like, it. 
I think it's important to make sure that you're getting to know your partner, build that foundation, mm-hmm. build that friendship, make sure you know, every, I, I can't even say, you know, every single thing about your partner because I dated somebody for eight years and I was still learning stuff eight years later. Like mm-hmm. you're consistently learning stuff about your partner, but try to make sure that at least at the, the foundation of your relationship, you know, what they like, what they don't like. What are your love languages? Mm, that's important. I feel like people don't really important. talk about what are your love languages? Like you like physical touch? You like words of affirmation? Like what? Well, even just like attachment styles. Like that's a big are one you too. Avoidant? Are you anxious? Are you disorganized? Like people kind of have to learn more about themselves so they can kind of be a better partner for their partner. Right. And I think that that's also very important and why people should really start on their healing journeys and stuff. Because I feel like when you're in your healing journey, that is the time where you're learning so much about yourself. You're learning how to get through your traumas. You're learning all your likes and your dislikes and and the person that you're coming to be outside of these things. And so now it's like, yo, I'm this person. I like this. I like that. I know how to communicate. You feel me? So now it's like I could start dating now. I know how to effectively communicate all these things. And boom, here we are in a relationship that's healthy. Right. And it's visually healthy. Y'all, I'm serious. It's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the love. Oh, um. Oh, well, we did talk talk about toxicity because it says, "How do you help a friend out of a toxic situation?" One of my followers asked that probably because they're in a toxic situation <laughs> or their friend is or whatever. But um, yeah, how do you help somebody out of a toxic situation? Because I feel like people make decisions for themselves, so. How can you encourage somebody else to be like, dog, this situation not for you? The person ultimately has to make the decision for themselves. I agree. I think as a friend, you can just be there as a support, but not try to push so, so much that they see you as an enemy. So loving, gentle, loving support, like, hey, you don't look too happy. This is you haven't looked too happy in a while. Or like, hey, what's going on? Like, you keep just crying out of nowhere. Or just like, yo, I haven't seen y'all out and together for a while. Like, is everything okay? I think if a person hears that and kind of listens, they look, oh, wow, maybe I do need to take a step back before things really, really get out of hand. Yeah, I think it gives you like a um, like a broad outlook. You start thinking about shit. You start questioning shit like, damn, am I really happy? So is it now to the point where I'm looking unhappy? Who am I trying to convince myself or these people? Because these mm-hmm. people telling me, uh, nah. Or just yeah. ask your friend, what's the last time that you smiled? Like, just really, really smiled. They're like, oh, shit. I don't, damn, I don't know. And that's a conversation. Hmm. So how do you personally... Stay afloat after listening to everybody else's problems. I think I've been doing it for so long. I know how to separate 
my person from my career. Like, I know how to separate therapist stuff from actual stuff. I think I learned that my clients' problems are my clients' problems. I can't care more about my clients' problems than I do my own problems because I'll probably end up, you know, probably worse off than I probably even started. And I can't be an effective therapist if my glass is at, like, 3%. Like, how can I pour into anybody else's glasses? My glass is damn near empty, trickling down dry. Right. So I think I keep that mindset. I can kind of, I check in with myself. I'm like, oh, stuff is this kind of too heavy right now? Like, do you need to, like, take a break? Do you need to, like, eat a snack? So I think just making sure that you're okay first, like putting your life vest on first before saving some money else, making sure that you're okay first before kind of lending that helping hand. Because I've seen what happened when therapists kind of take too much on from their clients and then it's just all goes to shit. Yes. (laughs) It's the chef's kiss in the background for me. She liked that answer. She said that was beautiful. That was beautifully (laughs) <laughs> beautifully spoken Yvonne I had to put my accent on I don't even know what accent that was we're gonna run with it though <laughs> um how long does therapy usually last for a typical person whatever a typical person is um it really depends on the person like I cannot stress that enough and I think if you start to compare yourself to somebody else's like therapy journey, you're going to start feeling kind of bad about yourself. So I would say don't really focus on how long it's going to take. Focus on the days that you're getting better. Kind of like look at it that way. Like don't count the days, make the days count. So I'm not too sure like what's the maximum time that somebody will be in therapy. You can start therapy, be done in six months. You can start therapy, be done as therapy in six years. So it really just depends on what's going on in your life, you know, if you can still afford it, things like that. So it's kind of up in the air. It's up to that person when they decide, hey, I don't think this is really effective anymore. Hey, I think I've kind of worked through some of the issues that I had. It's up to the person. So I'd like to pop, throw in a a quote that I also saw on Instagram Mm -hmm. about self-care. But it says just because it's taking time doesn't mean it's not happening. That's a great quote for what you just said. Because remember, we all go through different things. We all, everything takes its timing or whatever the case may be. Like we're all in different paths, different journeys. So you can't ever compare yourself to another person. And their journey and what they're going through. Shit, I may need therapy for the rest of my life. Who knows? But as long as I'm paying that $25 copay, that lady won't fucking see me. As long as my insurance (laughs) is paying for this shit, that lady is finna see me Mm -hmm. (laughs) till I'm fucking 80 if she needs to. The hell? She might not be alive if until you 80. I I feel like we're like the same age. Okay. Too. So, I mean, we may be 80 together. But you know, <laughs> girl just running rocking chairs. So let me tell you, right? Right. <laughs> 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 Bring me a jacket, son. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> fucking dude. 
Dude, closing up my little cardigan, girl. <laughs> what happened to tell that? you that my mind is still in the world when how it was when I was 13. <laughs> I can't imagine what this world going to look like. Girl, is it even still going to exist? Like, can we talk about it? Like, is it going to exist? Yes or no? The I fuck? Because I feel like we're in the middle of an apocalypse. I feel like we're getting worse and worse. Child, see, look, you mm. rubbing your yeah, nails. like I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm mm. girl. Mm-mm. I don't know. I'm a fucking. Um, let me see. So, somebody asks you, do you give therapy to yourself? So, I don't give therapy to myself per se because, again, I like to separate my career from me. I don't want to always be in a therapist mindset. Like that can become really draining after a while but I do make sure I check in with myself I do make sure I have like a nice little playlist when I get real kind of like anxious or something nice little jazz I just keep keep tabs on myself keep tabs on myself that's what I would say um what is a random thing that reveals a lot about a person like when you first Maybe it doesn't have to be when you first encounter them, but what is something that you realize about people that like says a lot about them or like their character, personality, persona, whatever we want to call it? I would say if you kind of like ask somebody to describe themselves in three words and then what and ask themselves, okay, how would somebody else describe you? Because it's kind of looking at, okay, how do I think about how do I feel about myself? as well as how do other people see me heavy on the how other people see me mm-hmm. that's a good one i guess that is why people always ask describe yourself in three words or give me three words of how you would describe yourself or how would other people describe you because that way you know how to pray are you a narcissist like how do you see yourself let me see and it's funny because i have a friend who one of her friends calls everybody and their fucking mom a narcissist. But after hearing about all her stories a couple of times, I was like, you know what? I think that she's the narcissist, bro. Right. Like, <laughs> elephant in the room. Yeah. Her. And it's her. funny because so my friend is she's in case management and stuff. So it's funny because she's like, I started to tell her that, but, you know, you can't tell her shit. I was like, yeah, narcissistic characteristics. But, yeah, you can definitely tell how and how other people see the world and also how they treat other people. Mm -hmm. I feel like how people treat people is a big, um, like, random thing for me that tells me what type of person they are. You can definitely sense that somebody isn't genuine. Yeah, and genuine is, like, a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Randomly, also on Instagram. I follow a lot of, like, self-care, self-healing situations. Mm-hmm. So I saw this thing, how to get out of a rut. Ooh. And it's a, it's a little list. It's seven things. So one is identifying the problem. I screenshotted this because I need this. Sometimes I'm in a mood. I don't even know why I'm in a mood. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm trying to figure it out. I feel like this list will help me. Trying to identify the problem, like what's wrong, 
what may have happened that day, maybe the day before, like what what is going on internally. Two, revisit your goals. I feel like that's always a great thing because I feel like it gives you motivation. It inspires you again mm-hmm. to start trying to turn your wheels the other way. You feeling low? Let's get you high again. Right, something to work towards. I like that. Three, create a list of boundaries to set. I also like that because I feel like we sometimes don't really set great boundaries. So now we need to create a list of boundaries that we finna set. Four, (laughs) change up your routine. I don't know how that's going to work for somebody else, but for me, I'm a routine-ass person. Same. So when I change up my routine, now you about to throw me for a loop, like... Mm-mm. Five, incorporate more self care. Heavy self care vibes. I used to take self care days, meditate on shit, do a little retail therapy. Too much retail therapy, by the way. Shouldn't have been spending that much money. Not going to get into that. But <laughs> be. Ca- <laughs> Be- Why are you in the background laughing at me? Is it because she can't stay? She can't sit still. And that's are you laughing at her? Therapize me, girl. Look at you. You can't even sit still. It's because she loves you. Yeah, she feel my energy. Look oh. at her. <laughs> Six. Focus on the things that fill your cup because you definitely said you can't give somebody else hope and your cup dry as hell. Mm -mm. Not even a little drip, drop, drippity, drippity, drop. So, yeah, we need to focus on things that fill our cups. And seven, which I feel is more so like journaling, write down your thoughts daily. What are your... um, how do I want to word this? Because it's talking about gaslighting. Like, what's your thoughts on maybe identifying when gaslighting is going on? What can it sound like? What can what sound like? What are you saying right now? Gaslighting. But what about gaslighting? Like, how can you identify it if it's coming to you as a person? Why do you want to know about gaslighting? I'm gaslighting you right now. And you can see how you feel, how you look, and you, you, that's how you can figure it out. Look how flustered you feel right now. You're like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> she did that shit to me earlier. When you was talking gibberish. <laughs> yeah, it is the same thing. Because I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? What do you mean? And that's how you can pick out gaslighting. When you feeling that way. I was about to say gaslighting. I know you know who gaslighting is. <laughs> what can it sound like? You're crazy. Yes. That's what it can sound like. Like, what do you mean? Like, it can... Gaslight will make you think that you not really live in real life. That everything that just happened was not actually real. Because that's how I just felt. I'm like, this is not happening right now. <laughs> I'm, I feel, it make you feel like you in the twilight zone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know sis never gaslighting this. 
it you make you wanna guessing yourself. It make you wanna like box somebody yeah. head off. But y'all still saw how serious her face was. She was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what about it? Why you wanna know about it?" <laughs> Like what you mean? You think that I'm about to gaslight somebody? <laughs> the fuck? Meanwhile, I'm gaslighting the fuck out of you. <laughs> I was just joking. Learn how to take a joke. <laughs> Why you always gotta play the victim? But yeah, once you start feeling like yo, what what is life? Like now, nah, I know I just experienced this feeling. I know I'm upset for a reason, but you making it seem like I got no reason to be upset, right? And you know that, oh, my God, somebody did that to me, and I didn't know they was gaslighting me this whole time. Like, you don't got no reason to be upset. I would never do that to you. <sighs> You're twisting this situation to make it, what was it, to make it, you're putting your own spin on it. Right. Like, making you feel like the shit that you just saw happen did not happen. Mm-hmm. Make it feel like your feelings are not valid. Like, oh, you you shouldn't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? Because I feel this way. Yes. The fuck I said what I said. And I meant what I said when I said it. That That's why they always be like, you always play the victim. I ain't say that. Yes, you did. Straight up. Why can't you just let it go? Because you it always means make a big deal. something to me. It means something. I think the real deal. issue starts when you stop sharing if it means something. When you start holding everything in, then you snap. And then like, oh, see, I knew you was this type of person. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, and, and I knew you was that type of person. Mm-hmm. You made me this type of person. You the put fuck? me in an environment where I had to, instead of live, I had to survive. Yes. Heavy survival. Yes. And... <clears throat> guys just so you know the scariest place to be in is the same place as you was last year facts 100 percent facts so let's start growing let's start uh getting getting deeper into ourselves let's start learning a little more about ourselves and and what the fuck we want to do with life what careers we want to get to get into if you're not already in your career shit get a craft become a creator there's so many things take photos videography fucking paint a picture you don't do even what gotta you be wanna picasso do. like what you want to do like who you was when you was a kid when you were so creative tap back into that person talk to your inner self yes and i think that that's the thing because often i hear people like telling other people you've changed and I'm like, shouldn't that be, like, a good thing? Right, like, oh, my gosh, you've changed. Like, yeah, I grew up. Right. <laughs> I grew up. I'm growing out of certain things. I'm outgrowing certain people. Mm-hmm. These are things that are supposed to naturally happen in life. And you're going to hear people say, you've changed. But you're supposed to change. You're supposed to grow. How the fuck you think that a fucking caterpillar in a cocoon turns into a fucking butterfly? It like, changes. It goes through the season of change. And when somebody says, oh, my God, if you change, good. Thank you. Right. I appreciate it. Y'all don't know how bad y'all really be breaking people when you force them to give up on you and they really loved you. Mm-hmm. The really loved you is in all capitals. Yes. Loved with the E-D. Right. Yes. 
That means at some point in time, you crossed a line that made me have to sit down in tears and really evaluate, really pray, and really sit in silence. Probably lost sleep, couldn't eat, think straight to make a soul decision to stop fucking with you. That's a pain that can only be compared to grief because you're not even dead but you gotta be dead to me. Yeah, you gotta you gotta grieve what could have been, what might have been, but realize what it is. And it's just like And that hurts. It hurts so bad. Especially when you feel like a person was supposed to be there like for your, your whole ass life. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I go into situations and I don't think like, okay, me and this person are going to be together for the rest of our lives because, you know, a lot of times I'm just very realistic as a Capricorn, very realistic. So I'm just like, you know, I just hope that if it does not work out, not saying that it won't, but that in the future, you know, we could still have some sort of something. Like if I see you in the street, I don't want to hate you. We could be cordial. Like we could be cordial. And um, it's just sad when the people that you think, they are supposed to be in your life just aren't anymore it leaves a void yeah no like how do i fill this void in a healthy way right and then you're saying here like it's different because it feels different because you've gotten used to talking to this person every day um calling them every day texting hanging out with them on a regular basis they were a part of your life yeah like and sometimes a very big part because you know sometimes we have friends that just come in and go or like relationships that didn't really like last long or whatever but somebody who was a really big part of your life and you just take that shit away and you really gotta sit down to evaluate that i gotta take you away like that i gotta sit here and i gotta block you because now i'm sitting here thinking of what could have been and why the fuck you did me dirty Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just so much that I really don't think that, you know, male or female, either side, people just don't, they don't even take the accountability for that shit. Like, they don't even sit down and think, like, when you're on that other side and this person had to make the decision to cut you off, you're not even thinking about how many tears they done cried. No, because you're on the defense. You're like, oh, what did I do? It wasn't even that bad. Right. Gaslighting them. Girl, and so we talked about that on another episode with the you know the good guy syndrome mm-hmm. or whatever. Like these people start focusing on the things that they did or claiming that they did or whatever, and then here we are, and I'm just like, okay, but I get that part. But are you taking accountability for the part where you fucked up? Right, right. Do you feel that shit? Do you like feel, I feel that it? you fucked up? Right. Like, do you are you okay with your behaviors? Why are you okay with these behaviors? What made you think that these behaviors was okay? And why would I be okay with these behaviors? And this is why you have to teach your heart to accept what cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. There goes some things are not in your control. Focus on the things that are the things that aren't. You you got nothing to do with. We need to be dating people that give you the same fucking feeling when you see your food coming at your favorite restaurant. Yes. 
and not just the food that be coming and going to somebody else's table, the fajita plate. You know the fajita plate? I'm <laughs> the joint that they be fucking lighting on fire and <laughs> shit. Not that one, but the one actually coming to your yes, motherfucking table. To yours. Like, I want you to feel that shit with me, and I want to feel that shit with you. Like, when you see me, mm-hmm. I want you to be excited. I don't care if you just saw me three hours ago. Still yeah, be you, excited. You seeing me again. Your mouth is watering. Still yes. be excited. You hungry again, the fuck? Let's eat. <laughs> Let's eat. Hmm. Unpopular truth. Let's see if we agree with this. Okay. Was meant for you will sometimes feel scary, risky, and new. Easy and calm doesn't always mean you're going the right way. The biggest reward usually comes from having the guts and perseverance to create your own path. I agree. I liked it. I agree. Because what's meant for you is definitely going to feel scary and risky and new. But you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions, Mm -hmm. situations, and places in order to grow. Sometimes the thing that you need is outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes. Sometimes. I think most times for me, everything that I've wanted has been outside of my comfort zone. Girl... And maybe look at what part of it is making you uncomfortable. Is it a fact that you might fail? Is it a fact that you've never done it before? Is it a fact that you just don't know? I think it's all of the above. Mm. Practice makes progress. You know what? We're here with it. <laughs> we is here with it. Well, thank you. For coming through It was so fun It was great And I think we talked about some shit That people really needed to hear Yes 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 Um But yes Like Thank you guys for listening to the podcast Listening to this episode Make sure that you tell your friends To tell your friends To tell your friends To pull the fuck up What we're gonna say Tell your friends to pull up Tell your friends to pull up To the live podcast Anyways, catch you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.